Hey, good evening, and welcome to the next episode of the Special Wind Podcast. I am your host, Lamar Thomas, and I have a special guest with me today. I have no one other than the famous, the infamous, the fabulous, whatever big word you want to put in front of it, my frat brother, my number one, the brain that's holding this thing down, Mr. Tim Lee. What's He's going a the state alumni. You better make sure, hey, better make sure you're ready because I'm sure he got some powerful things that he's going to preach today. Mr. Tim Lee, what's going on with you? How y'all doing today? <laughs> oh, man, what's going on? Okay, I'm making it. I'm making it. Oh, man, I know you're making it, man. I've I, I sold you a little short, man, because I, I don't even know all the titles that you have now, but I know that you are, you're an entrepreneur. Uh, I know that you're a playwright. Uh, that's just part of it, man. So I know that you you are a great mind. Um, so it's hard to just you know put put a great mind like you in one little box. Um, so you may have to break this thing down and kind of let everyone who who may not know, okay, and kind of just give them a little little scoop of what are some of the things that you're actually doing right now. Well, when I was in college, of course, you know, I went under the name Tim Lee. Um, as a writer, a playwright in, while we were in college. Uh, and that kind of got me through. And I was doing little stuff, a lot of stuff back then that was, you know, thought-provoking for that time period. A lot of stuff that was just dated. But it was teaching me how to do what I needed to do. Um, and later on, I got to the point where I was um, trying to get a little bit serious about my writing and decided that this is what I wanted to do. And eventually... Uh, through a whole lot of changes and a, that, that great journey that we all go on when we need to figure out who we are, yes. I came back and I changed my writing name to Winsfield Jones, uh, which is which basically means to win the world. And the Jones part comes from uh, Leroy Jones, which he eventually changed his name to Amir Baraka. But I like Jones, so I want to stay with Jones. And I figured that you know a name like Winsfield Jones needed to to write great things, and I just concentrated on focused on writing, and I've been writing a, a unique style of plays called neoclassical plays, which are plays in which black people would appear in a time period in which they would not be so strong. And, right. and when I say that, I mean it means that um, if you go and look up in history, we're only seen as a certain way. The further you go back, we get... <laughs> We're not seen as positive as we should be. So I kind of did a, a style in which we are in that history and we are just as strong as the people who are supposed to be ruling over us. Right. And in that style, we become more sophisticated and we become the brains of the situation of, of the United States of America. And right. uh, in writing that way, I get to rewrite history and I get to see us in a whole entirely different way. Uh, the plays that I've written... I won awards in Atlanta and the Black uh, Atlanta Black Theater Festival, and um, right now I just I'm coming off of writing my first novel called Legends of the Black Crow, which is a, a detective novel about a a black detective in the 1800s who has a very special gift at solving murder mysteries. So I'm I'm feeling good right now because I'm on the upswing of things. Man, sounds sounds big. How, um, man, I have so many questions about that. But just go ahead, how, go ahead. just how, you know, maybe we could help someone else as well. But 
you know, I've actually had admirations of trying to write me a book as well, but it is so hard to sit down and focus and get that stuff out. So how how do you, you know, I know thoughts go through your mind all the time, so how do you make time or how do you create a system that allows you to get that stuff out on paper? Brother, I have about five or six books that are like all being all being being written at the same time. I have to stop and get into one to get out of the other to get into one to get out of the other. Um, most times I'm working on two different plays or either going back and revamping an old play that I did that I can, so I can make it right or make it you know more perfect than it was before. And uh, really, it's about time finding the time. You know, and uh, you have to have to organize yourself uh, and find that one hour at least. If you have to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning and get those juices going, you got to you gotta do that. Or if it's something that you have to do after you eat dinner and say, look, leave me alone. I'm doing my thing, please. You know, right. you just, you just got to make at least an hour a day to find time to write. And if you can do that, then you'll start training yourself to start doing it every day. And the best times to write are like late at night or early in the morning. That's when the creative juices are actually flowing in the brain, and and that gives you a more more spark to be more creative. Um, but but it it is it is hard to get into it and then have to go back into your real life and have to be you. Correct. So now, how how does that affect um, your life? Because I know you're married and have a family. Um, you know, so how often do the characters or the things, the thoughts in your mind kind of intermingle or affect the the real life, you know, your wife, your family, you know, so how, how do you manage that? Well, they don't affect it really, but they are the motivation because when you're doing, you know, at my age, when you're doing stuff, everything you do, you're thinking, if I can be successful with this, this is going to take care of my family. This is going to make sure that they're, they're straight. So I got to work hard to try to make it right and do what I can. And, I, you know, I still feel like there are times when I can do more than what I'm doing. But when you're in that real-world scenario where you got to go to work and you got to do this, then, then you get pulled back. So you can't put your 100 that you want to into your art. And that's that kind of holds a lot of artists back. But you, you can't give up on it. You can't stop just because you're not making a hundred thousand dollars a week or a month or a year with your art. You got to keep going because you never know when that moment is going to come and that person is going to be there and God has set forth that, that pathway to meet between faith and faith where things happen to work just like they're supposed to. But if you're not doing anything but trying to wait on something to come to you, it, it more than likely you won't get there. Right. Well, and I think that's something that we could kind of uh, put our anchor on as far as um, I know you've been doing this type of work for a long time, you know, for for a long time. It's so, been, a, it's been know, a long time. So, and you have not, you know, and you have not given up. You know, you have some people now, we in this microwave generation where people think that if, if I get out here and do this, then I make it rich, then good. But if I don't make it, I give up. You know, right. so I, I think that that's something that we really probably could anchor on because you've been doing this for a long time, so possibly you see a greater purpose or you just got a different drive uh, because you have not given up. Um, and it could be somebody out there that's going to hear this message that that's going to 
listen to what you say now, and that's going to help them continue to do their dreams because they may be on the brink of giving up. Well, life is life is about phases, you know. Um, college was a phase, and and I'm a, let me throw this little parentheses in there. <laughs> if it wasn't for you guys in college, I probably would not have made it through, <clears throat> you know, to be able to get through that phase one. That was a that was a hard time. The college was a hard time for me um, because I was going so late. I went a little bit later in my life than than uh, than you guys, but it was hard for me. But that was that phase one of understanding who you are, where you are, and what you can do. And and that was that was uh, that's like stumbling and walking on uh walking on tacks. You know, ah, you got to do it. Right. Then there's phase two where you understand what you're doing, but now you got to try to work on your craft and try to make it right. Try to perfect what you are trying to do or learn more and gain all the knowledge you can from what you know you want to do. And um, and now I feel like I'm in phase three where I've mastered to the extent that I can what I want to do. And I'm I'm at the point of this is the moment where you have to go out and start reaching out, and you have to start letting people see and making more people acknowledge you, and not just wait on something to come to you. And and know your worth. You you have to know your worth. If you know that you are worth this, then you should always stride with that confidence that this what you have is worth something. And you went through the stumbling blocks. You learned your craft, and now that you learned it, you have to embrace it and understand this is this is who I am. Um, and a prime, uh, I often use that example. Uh, William Shatner, that played Captain Kirk, uh-huh. he would say, uh, "I'm tired of people calling me Captain Kirk." He said that for a long time, but that's how everybody know you. you he had to, he eventually embraced that fact, and that's why you see him still on the. At, going to these comic cons and, you know, going to all these different little things that happen all over the place because the world knows him as that character. And once he embraced that, he understood this was his purpose, to be that person, to be that character. And, you know, just with with anybody, with anything that you love to do, embrace it, understand it, learn about it, and then just and go with it. Now, does your, your plays, well, okay, let me make sure I could, say this correctly um, because I think there's a big push now with mental health. Okay? Right. So I'm saying now, does, does your plays help you um, as well as help other people, you know, as you're writing and, and creating these characters, you know, able to get different thoughts out your mind um, and kind of see them, you know, come to life? Um, you know, so I'm just saying how how does all that work? I don't know if I'm saying the question correctly, but, you know, just as far as getting the thoughts out your mind, getting them on paper, and then actually seeing them, you know, come to life again, uh, well, how does that work? For me, when I was in college, again, writing plays was a form of purging, purging these feelings I had. So it was therapeutic for me then. And it continues to be at a certain point now. But I'm hoping that I'm writing material that can therapeutically help other people. You know, I have to go through it in order to help people to go through it. Like right now, one of my my favorite things that I like to talk about and expand on when I'm writing is 
is go and dive into uh, depression. I, I'm a real fighter uh, against that because I know what that feels like to be at your worst, the worst of yourself. And that can change you and it can make you doubt yourself and doubt who you are and doubt what you can do. And that uh, that is one of the things that I try to focus on with some plays that I write is that uh, to let people see how this can affect other other people. And if people see it in, from the audience on stage, they see that, they take that home with them. Uh, a lot of times they don't know they're taking it home, but they are, and, and they learn from that, just like I learn from it by purging my, my writing on the paper. So that's one of the things that, I, that I'm going to be heading towards even more as I go along and and then success hits me the way I want it to, and I'm going to make that one of my strong points of of using that to uh, as something that I fight for when I get out there. Right, because I think it's real, you know, and, and now with the evolution of social media, you know, people are more accessible to suffer from depression. You know, people spend hours and hours looking and judging and comparing everyone else's highlights. Uh, because to me, social media is basically a bunch of highlights. Nobody's going to really put on there the, the low points in their life. So a lot of people kind of false claim, you know, false reality. Um, but they put it out there. And, and we have people, especially our young people, that, that have a hard time determining what's real and, and what's fake. I think it's great, um, you know, that, that you are actually trying to reach out to people through your art. I think that what I'm going to try to do is to help people that have depression. That's a lot. That's what, that's going to be the um, that's going to be what I stand on. That's my that's going to be my soapbox because I believe that there are a lot of people out there that have issues with depression, and I myself have been through some of those issues. And I feel like um, when you have a a platform that you should use it for something that you are close to that you understand. So that you're not just um, going off and doing things that you really don't know anything about, um, it, and it's okay to help. Like I give money to St. Jude and and things like that, but um, I really want to try to help people who have depression and whatever I can do in that. And and with that, I'm going to try to do. I think that a lot of people um, are out here and they're having these feelings inside of them that they can't get over and I, I i'm telling you i i understand what that feels like and i've been there because when you're a writer when you're when you're trying to do something that you feel like god has given you 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 sometimes feel like everything is against you and you go into that place that place that you don't want to go and um a lot of us do that because we want something from our for, for our lives and a lot of times we don't get it and um and it doesn't come at a time we want it to come. So we go into that place. And I know right now that the world is in that state of mind, that state of mind of being in that place, that dark place. And uh, we need to grab our brothers and sisters and take them out of that if we can. We are survivors of that. You've really dropped some, some great nuggets today, man. And I really do appreciate you coming by. Um, but before I let you go, you know, Go ahead and tell everyone the next steps. You know what what's 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 next in ending this podcast. What's next for Tim Lee? In ending, what I plan to do is to 
Um, right now, I'm working on uh, several books, um, a play. I'm also trying to uh, make connections to get a television series put on either Netflix or Amazon. And I'm, I'm really, I really got my eyes in a lot of things right now, and I'm trying to uh, keep busy with writing because when you continue to write, the better you get. And also, just you just never know what's going to happen. So you keep all your irons in it and the fire, and, and you just you just keep going forward. You don't look back on mistakes you made or what you didn't do or what you couldn't do. You just keep going forward because I believe that God allows us to find ways out of no ways. So you know, but we if we don't go forward and if we don't do what we're supposed to do, then we'll never get there. So I feel like do everything. And whatever happens, it will happen. And you just have to be on the march to get there. Man, that that's tough to follow. Um, you know, so I'm not even gonna try to compete with that. I'm basically just gonna come in and I'm gonna I'm gonna follow up with what I've been saying in two thousand nineteen. Um, you have to be obsessed with your opportunity. If you have an opportunity to impact someone, if you have an opportunity to fulfill your purpose, then do it. All right, you you got to be obsessed with that opportunity because the more you try to help other people, the more God is going to bless you. So just continue to use your platform, uh, continue to find ways to impact people. Uh, mental health is real. Um, depression is real. And, and it's going to take a village for, of us to to pull each other out, you know, so we can't just get ourselves out and be selfish. We got to go back and, and find somebody else. So it's going to take all of us. Uh, so in 2019, let's continue to push. Let's continue to uh, figure out what's real and what's fake. Um, and let's meet all of our goals. Thank you for listening. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Expect to Win podcast. We would love your feedback to help us grow. You can reach out to us at expecttowin365 at gmail.com. You can search for us on Facebook at win, win, win. It will pull right up. We're also on Twitter. We appreciate your support. If you got us on podcast, go ahead and share us and like us um, and give us a few stars and let us know how we did. Thank you.